So today, we wrap up our series, Is It in the Bible? My hope is that over the last four weeks, we've been reminded to think about what God is like, who God is, and what we communicate about God when we say some of the things that we've looked at over the last few weeks. Um, maybe it's a reminder for us to think a little more theologically on purpose because what we say represents the God we serve. We'll look at another one of those statements in just a few minutes. But one more time, let me give you a choice of five. You tell me which of these phrases is the word-for-word quote from Scripture. God works in mysterious ways, do everything in love, think before you speak, charity begins at home, hate the sin, love the sinner. I don't really have time to explain where all of these came from. You can Google those and find out. The only one on that screen that is word for word from, from Scripture today is from 1 Corinthians 16, verse 14. Do everything in love. You've done great on our pop quizzes. I know you all ace them every week. So you, you, you get an A for the grading period. Um, just something to get us thinking that direction a little bit. For today, our saying sounds like it could possibly be found in the Bible. And some thoughts about what we could intentionally or unintentionally be communicating about God. When we say this, we need to be aware of our communication. Think about these words when you say them or hear them. Be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you pray for. Or, or watch what you pray for. You might get it. As usual, the question to ask about these statements is, what does this say about God? What are we saying about our Lord? What does it tell us about God if we have to be careful how we pray, what we pray for. What kind of picture of God do we paint for other people if we say, watch what you pray for, you might get it. Or an even more specifically focused version of the same thing that you may have heard a time or two. Don't pray for patience. Because God might answer that prayer in not so fun a way, right? Uh, meaning, you pray for patience, you'll get all kinds of tests and trials and struggles dumped on you to test your patience. If we pray for patience, are we really expecting God is going to push us to the limit to help us develop more patience? Do we really believe that God dumps on us because we are asking God for help in growing spiritually and in our relationship with the Lord? Again, I would ask, what kind of image of God does that create? Be careful what you pray for. 
somewhere around 26, 28 years ago, I'm not sure. While we were living in Moorhead, we had some furnace troubles in our house. The evident problem was the fan wasn't running. It wouldn't blow any air, so I figured, okay, there's either a belt broken or the fan motor is ruined. It's quit working and needs to be replaced. So I called the repair guy. He finally gets there and he begins to check things out and uh, looked at the fan motor and the belt and all and did what he needed to to get it going. But I noticed that he keeps checking things out. And I'm thinking, uh, it's working. What's the problem? And I noticed that he lights a match and gets close to the furnace. And he lights a little piece of paper on fire and blows it out and the, and the smoke is uh, coming from that. And he does this two or three different times and I'm going... And then he turns around and says to Janet and me, you're fortunate I didn't get called to come find out why you didn't wake up this morning. I said, okay. He said for the last several days, the furnace has been running but not venting properly. The vent pipe on the furnace ran through an old chimney, fireplace chimney that didn't, wasn't used anymore. And what had happened is a few days before, some creosote from the chimney, deposits that had been there for years, fell out of the chimney, blocked up the vent pipe coming from the furnace, and it, and it wasn't venting properly. So carbon monoxide had been coming out of the furnace into our house for several days. And I hear those words, I should have been here to figure out why you didn't wake up. Well, that afternoon when our kids got home from school, we were telling them what had happened and how scary it was to hear those kind of words. Philip, our son who was about 10 years old at that point, immediately says, oh, well, it's a good thing I've been praying about that. And we went, What? What do you mean? He said, well, we studied about carbon monoxide poisoning in school and it really scared me. So I've been praying that God would protect us from carbon monoxide. And Janet and I kind of went, what? This is amazing. God had indeed answered his prayer and protected us from carbon monoxide poisoning. But what if I take that story and put it in the framework of be careful what you pray for or watch what you pray for. You might get it. Does that mean somehow that I have to believe that Philip prayed for God to protect us from carbon monoxide poisoning so somehow for God to protect us from carbon monoxide poisoning God had to cause a carbon monoxide problem to protect us from? I don't think so. Is that the kind of God we serve, that if we pray for something, God will make it happen one way or the other, even if he has to dump on us to answer the prayer we prayed? I have trouble believing that. I much prefer to believe 
God knows what's coming and leads us to pray ahead of time for what he knows we need. It's a kind of expression of prevenient grace. God's work by grace in our lives, in our daily living, in our regular activities. God's work in our lives before we're even aware of it to draw us closer to the Lord, which impacts every area of our lives, even the simple everyday concerns of life and reminds us that we can entrust those concerns to the Lord. So God moves us to pray for patience, for example. Not because God's waiting to zap us and laugh at us because we prayed for more patience, but because God knows we're about to encounter some trying circumstances and and understands that we're going to need all the patience we can get. So God leads us to pray ahead of time for what our Lord knows we're going to need. Or God leads a young boy to pray for protection against carbon monoxide poisoning because maybe God knew there was that danger pending. To me, that sounds a whole lot more like an all-knowing, all-loving God than, hey, be careful what you pray for. You might get it. I believe God often works to answer prayers even before we pray those prayers. That's what it sounds like when Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. Our Father knows what you need before you ask Him. God knows our need before we ask and responds to those needs even before we ask for God's help, leading us to pray from the point of God's wisdom and knowledge. Be careful what you pray for. Makes it sound like we need to make sure we don't pray prayers from a point of our own ignorance or stupidity, which most of us have done a time or two. Which sounds more likely to you based on what you know about God? That God moves us to pray according to divine, wise leading even before we fully understand a need? Or that God waits for us to pray a stupid prayer so the Lord compound us with that answer? One of those is communicated by be careful what you pray for. Here's the good news related to that concern. God answers better than we pray. God answers better than we pray. Not that we shouldn't do our best to pray well and in faith and in full trust of of the God who answers our prayers. We should pray that way as much as possible. And a part of that trust is believing that God's answer is going to come from wisdom and love rather than the limited perspective from which we ask. God responds to our prayers from a much bigger, broader viewpoint than is possible for us as human beings, which I believe means God's response to prayer is often going to be based in what God already knows rather than what we hope for. Ultimately, 
that can mean we can trust God, who is wiser, who is stronger than we are, and we don't have to worry about getting our prayer exactly right or getting our words mixed up or not really praying the perfect prayer and then live in fear of, man, I hope I said that prayer right. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 has these words for us. We've already said them in the, in the act of praise. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You hear that first phrase? Do not be anxious about anything. That doesn't sound at all like, be careful what you pray for. It sounds more like, trust God as you pray. Believe. Don't worry about it. Normal, sincere prayers should never be a cause for anxiety or fear related to, did I say that? Did I pray that right? Did I get it perfect? God answers better than we pray. Now, there are some examples in, in Scripture where it seems as though God may have uh, given people what they prayed for, even though it might not have been God's very best for them. I'm thinking particularly about the nation of Israel who kept asking God for a king. And they finally got a king. Was it God's best for them? It's what they prayed for. But I don't think the problem is what they prayed for. If there's a warning or a caution regarding prayer, it's not be careful what you pray for, but maybe we should occasionally hear, be aware of how you pray. That generation of Israelites needed to be aware of how they prayed. They often became very insistent with God in their prayers, continuing to argue with God, trying to convince God they knew best, insisting that God grant them their wish like God was a genie in a magic lamp. They continued to badger God about their own idea and to neglect God's perfect plan and to fail to trust God. They didn't seem to understand the how part of prayer. Now, Scripture does teach us to be persistent in prayer. You may remember the parable that Jesus told in Luke 11 about a neighbor seeking to borrow bread from someone next door because he had late night company and had nothing to feed them. And it's an encouragement to be persistent in prayer, not give up. But understand, Scripture teaches persistence in prayer, but it never teaches insistence. When we become insistent, like the people of Israel did in their, in their quest for a king, we put ourselves in God's place, insisting that we know best and we want what we want. Persistence, but not insistence. So the warning of 
be aware of how we pray might be more appropriate than be careful what we pray for. In remembering how we pray, we remember that God is God and we're not. The model for how we pray, we see in Luke 22, verse 42. In Jesus' prayer in the garden, just before the trial and the crucifixion, Jesus prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. That's the how. Jesus prayed for the Heavenly Father's will above His own. That's the proper how for praying, and it's a model given to us. I'm confident that if we pray that way, we don't ever really need to worry about or have fear about what we pray. God's not waiting to zap us if we pray a selfish or stupid prayer. I can bear witness to that. I've prayed some of those selfish and stupid prayers. And thankfully, God answers better than I pray. God's not waiting to smack us with an answer to a prayer we prayed in ignorance. I mean, wouldn't that be kind of like the child who asked their parents, hey, I'm curious what happens, so can I go stick these bobby pins in that plug in the wall? And then the parent says something like, well, okay, I'll let you do what you want, but it's stupid. And then the child does it and gets shocked, and the parent says, there you go, that's what you asked for. Is that the portrayal of God that we want to communicate when we say, be careful what you pray for, you might get it? Or, or, or like a child who has had the good smells out of the kitchen all day and says, Mom, can I eat all six dozen of those cookies you just baked? Well, okay, if you think that's what's best. And then the child says, oh, I'm sick. My stomach really hurts. And the parent says, well, of course. But you got what you asked for, right? Is that the way we want to portray God with statements like, be careful what you pray for? It's important when we make statements about prayer that we accurately represent the love and mercy and wisdom out of which God answers prayers for the people of God. It's crucial that we remember that God answers our prayers in a manner consistent with who God is and with God's will for our lives. It's critical that we communicate that God always wants the best for us and God answers prayers in a way that always reflects that truth. God answers better than we pray. I fully believe that when we pray and we believe that God answers, God's answers come from holy wisdom and love, there is nothing to fear or to be careful about in our prayers. 
We serve a great God who delights in giving good gifts, including answered prayers given to the children of God. Our God is much bigger, much more powerful, much wiser, much more loving than some God who would wait for us to pray a bad prayer so he can respond with something like, told you. Uh, you asked for it. There you go. God wants the best for you and me. And God's answers are always better than we pray. Trust God. Trust God. Allow the Lord to speak to you about how much you are loved. And how much God wants to answer your prayers out of that love. Because God wants the best for you. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Remember, God answers better than we pray out of that great love for us and that infinite wisdom and understanding of all that's going on with us. God answers better than we pray. We can thank God for that this morning. Would you pray with me? Lord, thanks that uh, we don't always have to pray the perfect words. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we can't. Sometimes we pray from hurting hearts and we just can't pray the perfect words. But you hear from our hurting heart and respond as a loving God. Sometimes we pray out of frustration or even anger and our prayers reflect that but you understand what's behind those feelings and you hear the real concern in our heart and respond as a God who is concerned and wants the best for us. Sometimes we don't even know what to pray. We feel helpless to be able to utter the right words in prayer. And maybe we all can say yes, all we can say is, God, God help. And you know exactly what the need is and how to meet us at that point of need. Thanks, God, that our prayers are not dependent on us saying the right words. And they're not dependent on us being well-informed prayers they're not dependent on us being magnificent speakers as we pray. Our prayers depend on the one to whom we pray, to you, God, who loves us, who wants your best for us, who hears and responds from grace and wisdom and love and concern. That is the God we 
know and serve is the God we want to represent in all we do and say. A loving God who brings grace and mercy into every part of our lives, even as you respond to our prayers. Thanks, God, for who you are. Help us to represent you well in all that we do, including things we say about prayer. All this we pray in Christ's name. Amen.